Action Park Media. Kia ora, guys. Well, this episode is pretty awesome, actually. One of the most honest and delightful conversations I've had in a long time with Rosa and Margot. They are the two raw sisters, two Kiwi gals who have a new cookbook coming out. They talk about their journey with food. Um, one of them's had chronic fatigue and endometriosis. The other one has had um, overtrain was overtraining, a professional athlete, and developed some eating disorders. And so we talk about all of that and how their journey together starting a business together and also their journey with food and helping food fuel them in relationship with food which is just such a complex thing for all of us um i loved this chat not only that was it was super fun i feel like i made two mates in in the process um their new cookbook uh simply Fancy, which I can't wait to get my little sticky mitts on, is out now. So you can go and grab that as well. Great Chrissy present. And anyway, enjoy this chat. Grab a cup of tea, a herbal tea perhaps, sit on the couch and listen to this absolutely delightful chat with the two Ross sisters. This is Pretty Depressed. Tell me and anyone who might not know about two Ross sisters and how it started, because I know I have anxiety and depression and a huge part of my mm -hmm. learning with my journey is around gut health and eating right and stuff so from what i've done my research on you guys you guys had some health issues and found your way to eating raw is that question mark is that yeah yeah i, yeah, would, I would yeah. yeah i would say that that's roughly correct but um we'll tell you yes you tell me, you tell <laughs> me what strap yourself in so Rosa and I, we um, never really got along as sisters. We never ever imagined starting a business together. And I, think I love that this is where we're starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sister rivalry. Yeah, competitive people together. Literally. But Are you close um, in age? Two years. Okay. So Margo's twenty four and I'm twenty six. Okay. Yes. Um. But. I have, I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue when I was 16. And um, then I got diagnosed with endometriosis when I was 20. So my kind of big, I kind of don't really like the word journey, but um, for lack of a better word, journey mm -hmm. started when I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue. So I was. Can you zoom in on what that looks like? Because I had a little bit of long COVID and spent a lot of time Googling chronic fatigue. Cause I was like, is it that you're just tired, but it's that you're like exhausted, right? Yeah, and it's actually been interesting, everyone having long COVID. They're yeah. kind of, um, chronic fatigue's a illness, I would say a lot of people don't really understand both scientifically and just generally. Bit um, of an eye roll, right? And that's not me projecting that on you. I'm just saying people will say, well, we're all tired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm fatigued too. I went to the gym five days this week. Mm. That's like, mm, a little bit different. Um, but chronic fatigue is a probably the easiest way to describe it, a chronic version of glandular fever. Mm. So extreme exhaustion, fatigue, um, low immunity. So I was pretty much bedridden for two years. So I'd walk 50 meters to the kitchen and be totally exhausted for the rest of the day. Um, my immune system was so depleted. I had picked up every infection, illness under the sun. My At one point, my face was just covered in red rashes, all swollen. Um, and yeah, I suppose 
chronic fatigue, it's kind of the last diagnosis. Like everything comes back normal. You almost feel like you're going a little bit crazy. It takes a long time to diagnose because there's no test to definitively say you have chronic fatigue. Um, mm. So that was quite hard. I, I think it took about six months for them to kind of say, right, you've got this. Mm. And um I spent pretty much five years here of health professionals telling me there was nothing I could do and just saying, oh, it's just rest and get over it pretty much. Mm. And um, it wasn't until Rose and I went over to the States in 2017 that someone introduced me to gut health because I think in New Zealand, it, well, it, it definitely wasn't a thing. I say back then, but that's only... The buzzword now, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't. Only six years ago. No. Um, and yeah, I focused on my gut health and within three months, my chronic fatigue had pretty much disappeared. What, and, does, what does that look like for people who are saying like focus on your gut health or bad gut health? So like, were you experiencing symptoms like upset tummies, sore mm-hmm. stomachs, or were you? Not really. I wouldn't say I was experiencing like your typical gut issues, like bloating, abdominal pain, irregular bowels. Um, it was more so I had a fungal overgrowth in my stomach and that was feeding off all the food I was consuming. So I was getting no energy from it. And with the foods I was craving, carbs and sugars, that's what they that's what the fungal overgrowth fed off. So it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And um Did yeah, you so to, sorry, I'm asking because I'm like, oh God, trigger, trigger. Like yeah. <laughs> is it do, can you do a test to see if you have fungal overgrowth? Yeah, yeah, you blood, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. bloods. Blood work. I have a lot of blood done. Yeah, obviously would recommend people go see their doctor. Yeah. I just kind of dove deep into it. I was at a kind of point of desperation. I read a book, um, The Body Ecology Diet by Donna Gates. Mm. And um, that book kind of changed my life. Like that was really interesting on learning about all things gut, how there's how it's like the stem of every process that goes on within the body, the second brain, all that kind of stuff. And mm. Yeah, I was never into food before that point. And that really opened my eyes to the importance of food and how it really does have a massive impact on our overall health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, so many questions. So yeah, that's been a big part of my depression journey as well, because I am a I have busy lady syndrome. I like to be busy. My depression uh, presents as high functioning. So I've got to be doing something all the time. Yeah. And to medicate that outgoing energy I medicate with sugar because I'm like it gives me the hit I need I'm a hundred percent addicted to sugar and anytime I've really cut myself off I've felt like I I haven't allowed gone off it long enough to like allow everything to stay it's such a vicious cycle because when you do one thing because you're craving something Mm -hmm. and that leads on to something else and it just keeps going and going and going and then eventually you do crash and burn and you find yourself in this deep dark hole that you somehow need to get yourself out of Mm. and you're like how do I do that and I think it's that one thing I got really obsessed with doing is finding the root of the problem Mm. you know like in this day and age we're all looking for that band-aid fix that Mm. magical pill that'll fix everything but you know, that's just going to make the matter worse. Yes, it will mask your symptoms um, momentarily, mm-hmm. potentially, but mm. it's not actually, you're not getting to the root of the problem mm. and fixing it. So mm. I think gut health can help so many people with a different array of illnesses. Mm. Um, so I think it's a really important thing to focus on. And that's when 
kind of we came up with the idea of two real sisters we'll talk about your story soon Ro but that idea of incorporating as many whole unprocessed ingredients as you possibly can and because mm. food is the easiest most cost-effective way to improve your gut health so mm. rather than taking all these exp expensive supplements and things let's try and get it through our food first and then maybe consult our GP and see if we need any extra things. And am I looking at a success story? Do you feel like, I mean, I, endometriosis is probably its own beast, but in terms of chronic fatigue and gut health, are you in a better place now? 100%. I'm like a thousand times better than mm -hmm. I was. I look back at photos and when I think about what I went through, because I kind of, you know, when you just forget about things and you move on and you're, the, you're in your present stage of life now, I, I think back and I'm like, holy shit, like that was intense, you know? And I think the whole thing with finding the root of the problem as well is that it is really hard. It's not easy and it takes time. And I think something to note there as well is that everyone's so different. So there's, yes. you know, Margot's situation, you know, and her whole journey around it and discovering what worked for her is not necessarily going to work for you or whoever else is listening. It's, um, it is, it is hard. And I think it's, something that's not going to happen overnight. And when people mm. kind of get two weeks into it and they haven't got a solution around it, they're like, oh, well, screw it. I'm just yeah. going to go for the Band-Aid option because I'm over it. Yeah. One and thing I can say is like queen of Band-Aids, what you yeah. don't deal with will deal with you. But I am, you know, like I went yeah. on a contraceptive pill because I like wanted to be healthier and I wasn't having sex with anyone at the time. So I was like, I don't need it. And then my sister got shit and then I started working and I was like, nope, we'll get back on that. <laughs> I know, and and that's the prime oh, thing. Of, yeah. yeah, that's the prime thing of showing you there's an imbalance in your body mm. because you've had this thing in there that's been producing all these hormones. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, a big thing was I got worse before I got better. Yeah, and I think that's a major thing mm. with gut health is all the, especially with my fungal overgrowth during the first two weeks, it was dying off and. I felt like so horrific, like probably one of the worst times. But after that two weeks, like you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, okay. here we are. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> so much jazz hands. All right, Rosa, how did you end up here? Oh, quite, quite <laughs> different. Um, to Margot, I was an elite athlete for about eight years. Um, so I specialized in. I did athletics, so I did 3,000 metre steeplechase. So I was travelling around, living the life. It was awesome. I was in my element um, here for the summer, then would go overseas um, and go and chase the summers over there. And over literally. my, literally, <laughs> over my time as an athlete, um, I never, never ever envisaged myself as an athlete when I was at primary school. Um, I was a very young determined um person our dad was a um, athlete and he I suppose we're, we're very similar and um when I've got a goal ahead of me I'll I'll mm. get it done I'll tick it off and in I other words stop. you're very stubborn very stubborn at times um and over my time as an athlete I developed a um, severe training obsession so a bit how you were saying um Kim around that busy syndrome like I always need to be on the go if I'm not on the go and I'm sitting still that's when I get the bad thoughts that come into play. And I, um, over my time, I yeah, developed a really severe training obsession and that led into um, an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, my training was my way of cutting out all the shit that I needed to deal with mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, that was my purpose every single day was getting up and going to training. And I developed um, over time amenorrhea, which is when you don't get your period. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was 22 when I got my first period. Um, so I had a body fat percentage of five um, and your normal body fat, well, for normal hormonal activity in a female body, um, ideally your body fat percentage should be between 18 and 20, 21. Um, so that was then leading on to a lot of other health, um, short and long-term health consequences. So I then got diagnosed with um, REDES, which is Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport. Okay. And that's what that is, it's a mismatch in energy between what you're putting in through your diet versus what you're putting out through your exercise. Right. And, and that, you're like, that was the goal at the time, what I was exactly. trying to do. Good job, me. Yeah, yeah. And even yeah. though I was getting diagnosed with all these quite serious health issues, I just put it all to the side. So I was like, that's it's not important. I'm performing at my best at the moment. I'm getting to travel around the world. I'm living the life of an athlete. Why, why should I stop to think about my health and think about my long-term health? And yeah, my, like I said, my one purpose was running and I wasn't going to let anyone get in the way of that one purpose. And that getting diagnosed with REDS it then leads on to a lot of other con health consequences like anxiety, depression, um, which I both went through, um, low bone density, um, high risk of injury, all these things that, um, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to and eventually hit rock bottom. Um, I remember I got injured. I had about six stress fractures in the space of a year. Um, so I was in and out of training all the time. And when I wasn't training for being able to, when I wasn't able to run, I was cross training, but I was absolutely smash, smashing myself in the pool or on the bike thinking if I lose my fitness then I'm not going to be at my optimal when I get back and if I'm not at my optimal then what am I doing with my life yeah and yeah it was just this again vicious cycle going back and forth between my injuries and training and competing and traveling and yeah eventually hit rock bottom and um yeah was found myself at a um very low point and yeah super sick um my body was breaking down right in front of me and yeah I had to get myself out of that position um pretty quickly in order to do the things I want to do later on in life and yeah I suppose food for me was a massive part of it getting um well creating a better relationship with food um so a big part of again like Margot I'm very much I want to know why I don't like just slapping a band-aid on things so for me I um, did a degree in human nutrition um, to learn about the importance of food, um, fueling your body with the right food and uh, enough of the right food as well. I've done a lot of talking around it to female mm. athletes um, and then also through two or sisters just talking to, you know, women in general um, and realising that a lot of women are going through Margaret, what Margaret's been through, what I've been through or something very similar. Um, and that's been really touching to share our journeys and to make it more of a topic that's talked about um creating awareness around it um and making it making people feel comfortable mm. around talking because to us or friends or family I know especially with the red s since you've talked about it mm. so many young females have spoken out mm. like yeah. I feel like especially the overtraining under eating thing is and I hate to say this, but it is a bit of a trend within the younger female. But you don't even community. have to be an athlete no. either. 
You know, yeah. there's so many people smashing themselves at the gym every single day. It seems so screwed up now when you're on the other side and you look back and you see girls in that same position you were in mm. and they know exactly what they're doing to themselves. Mm. But that's well, why I said it's like dream achieved. That's exactly what you were trying yeah. to do, which is what is the not, you know, the I'm curious too, because like um you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by addiction. There's certain types of addiction that runs in my family. And I have um, traces of uh, not with drugs and alcohol, but, you know, similar to you. And I think I have a lot of empathy around people who have gone through or working through eating disorders purely because we have to eat, right? Like, it's not like gambling. You can go, well, just don't gamble. Like when you have an unhealthy relationship with food, but it's like one it would be like if you you know hated drinking water and whatever it's like well you still got to do it so it's such it must be such a difficult journey and I I totally applaud you both for for tackling this topic because it is sensitive it can be triggering to people um because you do have to eat that's how we stay alive um say that because I, I actually I did a TEDx talk around my sport addiction and my eating addiction around mm-hmm not eating enough yeah, and being obsessed say, with it eating non-addiction and relating it back to drug and alcohol addiction because it is it's the same thing yeah you think what you're it. thinking about it's like family and friends take a back seat this yeah. is what is it my absolute yeah. yeah yeah so mm-hmm. I the crazy thing is that you can meet someone and they seem perfectly normal and you don't actually know that behind the scenes all that stuff's happening mm-hmm. yeah. and it's funny now it's like you know, my friends back at school, they saw me going through all of that. And then I've met new friends past, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm on the other side of it all. And they don't know about any of that past of who that Rosa was. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, but yeah. How is this? Um, so how did we get to a place where you two got along? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when we were both, at the end of our America trip, we were both kind of at rock bottom. Mm. Like Rosa figured out, like, you know, if you want to have kids, if you want to have stable bones, like you've got to get your shit together. Mm. And I was kind of the same too, because I ended up training a lot with Rosa and just wasn't good, obviously, for my chronic fatigue. Mm. And um, we came back and I suppose healed ourselves through the gut and Rosa Mm. doing her nutrition Mm. degree. Um, and then I suppose we both really, well, we both came together and we really wanted to inspire others or be that voice for others who are also going through the same. And we wanted to make it really easy because for us, we felt like we were troubleshooting through all these different things. And there was no one person that had a all rounded, like level headed approach to it. It was very much opinionated in the food industry. Mm. So that was when we came up with the concept of like start your meals with your plants and then add your meat on the side because a lot of people start their meals with their meat and then the veggies are the last minute boring side or they'll do a quick stir fry and it'll just be really boring lacking in texture and colors and flavors Mm. so Rosa you've always been into food Rosa's amazing with salads you know like making a salad that's not iceberg lettuce cucumber tomato and feta something that's like there's another way yeah yeah yeah. I know (laughs) something that's like controversial are you someone who puts fruit in salad because I stand by put everything in it but some people are like you can't do that no sometimes we do especially in summer I'm one like I'd put 
well, I'd roast maybe pears. That's really delicious in a salad yeah. or nectarines. I love like fresh peaches or nectarines in a salad with lots of fresh herbs. And yeah, that's, that's all I need to hear. Thank you. You heard it here first. <laughs> Everyone's on my side. No, you're saying you're on the fence. <laughs> Um, I was on the fence about fruit and salad. I just wanted something on the record. I'm on the fence. But, um, yeah, I suppose the health, the, like, health food was expensive. It was difficult. It was time-consuming. No one wanted to do it because it had that whole perception and myth around it. So we really wanted to debunk those myths and use Mm. everyday ingredients people have been using for years. So take pumpkin, take spinach, um, pumpkin seeds, rice, all those things that are cheap and readily available, but use them in new inventive ways to make plants the centerpiece on every plate. Mm. And just focusing on, and that from that, you will naturally decrease the amount of highly processed foods in your diet. Um, You'll eat with the seasons, so that will be a lot more cost-effective for you as well. Being prepared in advance, you don't go out and buy things from cafes or readily ready-made meals um, that are generally full of crap um so it's just yeah it's it's creating that easy easy way of living that's healthy and sustainable for people yeah and one that you can maintain you know Mm. like we're not about fad diets or anything and Mm. like I said all eaters are welcome in our kitchen whether you are a huge meat eater whether you choose to be vegan and that works for you whether you a pescatarian whatever like we personally we're not vegan or vegetarian we don't name ourselves as anything we have everything in moderation Mm. and I think that's a really great way of living because we restrict ourselves as soon as we put a label on it Mm. and And we've been there and done that and we can can talk about that experience which is really powerful and then also then you know show people where we've come from from that which is cool for sure um what's it like doing business with each other because a lot of people say don't do business with you know like friends or family but I sit here and it kind of feels like you know you guys are finishing each other's sentences because you are sisters but it's almost like brought you together which is the opposite trajectory from that most people take what's been the like coolest part about it um we've we're very lucky that we can work together again like 10 years ago, you'd look at us and be like, yeah. you two. Good luck to you. Separate them, yeah. And like mum and dad were actually at the very start a bit cautious around us actually starting a business because they like refused. <laughs> because we did have a little bit of a toxic relationship around that whole competitive side of things. And um, I suppose as we grow, grew up and with our journeys, we became a lot more experienced through those as well and learned a lot mm-hmm. and um now within the business we do quite separate things so it's not like we're always in each other's faces every single day mm-hmm. um Margot focuses on a lot of the marketing side of things photography um and then I do a lot of like the more logistics recipe development side of things mm-hmm. um so we come together quite often and share each other's ideas but then we also know cool like you're working on your thing mm-hmm. I'm working on my thing and we both bring different strengths to the business yeah. which is really great and you know it kind of just creates the perfect team really and I think that's the only way like when we first started we were doing the same thing and it just ended up in a fight whereas we're actually two very different people and like if people who know us or mum and dad especially like you two are so Mm. polar opposite Mm. but um 
that kind of creates the perfect team really yeah 100% different shrinks and stuff um I am curious with like finding the solution and food for for both of these journeys um and yeah kind of where you where you are now and perhaps your relationship where it is now and then we can like check in when you get bring your next book out as well but like yeah what is something that you guys are both working on or have been working on that you've found solution in in food currently um so you mean like relating back to our journeys yeah i guess i'm i'm curious of where or where perhaps um Rosa, your journey is now in relationship with food and you can speak to that as much or as little like is it still an active challenge I know when people have gone through and spoken to people it is a regular thing that's kind of just looming um like my depression is a lifer and it's like just here in the wings whenever yeah. you're quiet I'll come out I think that's the same with anything right like it's yeah. always there, it's always there but yeah. it's how you manage it mm. and how you deal with it so mm. like does it feel empowering for both of you that you've kind of gone like, okay, food's been food and energy for both of you has been like an issue. Yeah. So you're like, let's it, go right in. <laughs> Just mean it seems a little, I'm sure people are like, if I my thing was like I'm an alcoholic addict and I'm like, I'm opening a bar, everyone would be yeah, like, yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's like I've really learned um the signs of what my body's telling me like mm -hmm. my partner is always like oh you're like you're overthinking everything because I'm like oh my body I'm like really bloated right now or like oh I ate this this is what's causing this and he's like just chill out but I'm like no because I actually have to do that to maintain mm -hmm. my level of wellness mm -hmm. and happiness so like last week say we recipe tested a whole heap of things with cauliflower and lentils in them and cauliflower and lentils flare up my endo and my um, gut health. Mm. So over the weekend, I was like, oh my God, I feel so like just lethargic mm. and mm. shitty mm. and low in energy. And it's really interesting when you know those foods that trigger um, your energy or mood like that, how you can mm. just kind of know to cut them out for a month or so. Mm. Did so you do FODMAP to yes, find those foods? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's yeah, a whole, that's a whole other story. Yeah, FODMAP. You should do our FODMAP course. We've just created a 13-week yeah. FODMAP course. We'll send cool. some stuff oh, to but you. but I don't want to. That was going to be my <laughs> sentence. Like, that's my issue. It's like, I know. Well, this leads perfectly yeah. onto my point on why we created this, because after my endosurgery, my bloating was out the gate and everything and I was like screw it I'm gonna do this because we'd had so many people come into the kitchen and be like I've done FODMAP can you do this and we're all like oh nah mm. you know but I was like screw it I'm gonna do it and everyone was saying how hard it was or when you googled FODMAP recipes it would come up with this like horrendous photo and you'd be like I'm not eating that nothing whereas I found it really easy because a part of two Raw sisters is we have this whole philosophy on using a recipe as a guideline and substituting mm. with what you have at home or what's in season. So I took that approach to it and just substituted with what FODMAP foods I could have. So I found it really easy mm. and manageable eating like normal food, normal, Focusing. quote unquote food, because a lot of people think, oh, it's a diet. Mm. I have to cut out all these things, mm. but it's really not that way. Mm. Sorry. That's fine. You're um, in your hand. <laughs> um and then yeah. rosa came in with her because uh, she's a nutritionist mm. yeah so we I, 
Yeah, sorry, you go. I kind of kind of came in with that side of the food side of things and the nutritionist side of things. And yeah, we created a FODMAP course. With the woman's been... dietitian, Sarah Widowson. Have you heard of Sarah? I don't know if I have, but what it sell it to me. So as someone who like I've been meaning to do, I have an upset tummy all the time to the point that I'm like, it doesn't matter. But it right. does matter because it's my body going, you're unwell. And I'm like, that's I will, fine. I will give you my sales pitch. Okay, give it so to I think like we say, fix the root of the problem. It's 13 weeks of your life. You can deal with it. You can do it. <laughs> no, this is good because you can hold me accountable. This is another Kim floor is that I can't be accountable for myself because i that's the only place I misbehave. But if you tell me to do something, I'll do it early and well. Go. 13 weeks of your life is nothing in, yeah. in the whole scheme of things. And so we've created this course with Sarah Widowson, the women's dietitian, and it's... Um, so it's three weeks of elimination and 10 Jeez. weeks of reintroduction. So the whole idea with the elimination is that you eliminate all FODMAP foods, but each week we make it really easy and give you a meal plan. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, and shopping list, et cetera. So it's just like you're eating normal, delicious food. It's not like you're dieting or anything, you know? And at the end of the three weeks of elimination, it's so interesting. Like. Mm. From cutting out the foods, the high FODMAP foods. So you can explain what high FODMAPs yeah. are. So high FODMAP foods are in, have indigestible sugars in them that sit and ferment in your gut, which causes those IBS symptoms like bloating, mm. abdominal pain, diarrhea, cramping. And by eliminating all of those, you kind of reset your body. Um, and then with the reintroduction, every week you reintroduce one of the FODMAP groups and then you figure out what FODMAP causes or triggers your IBS mm. symptoms. So you could be one out of the mm. six FODMAPs or you could have two of them or you could end up having all five, like five of them mm. out of six. So it's a really again, everyone's so different. Yeah, it's an interesting experimental thing to do. Mm. And, and is it pretty straightforward? It's like, okay, this week I'm introducing dairy. Oh, shat myself. Yeah. Copy yeah. that. So like everything, um, <laughs> let's not do that again. Well, so like, in <laughs> fairness, for the record, I've never shat myself, but I'm willing to for science. In the, um, in the meal plans, it's all um, like all laid out for you. So it tells you today you're reintroducing dairy. So you'll have a quarter of a cup of, I'm making this up because I don't, can't remember the exact quantities, but today on Monday, you're having a quarter of a cup of yogurt. The next day on Tuesday, you're having a quarter of a cup again. And then if you react to it, then you'll obviously be like, okay, cool. That's the FODMAP that I'm reacting yeah. to. I should try. Do I have to continue the other days? Even so though no. <laughs> yeah, you got to continue until you shit yourself. Right. And then go, I've definitely got the stats on that. Got it. Yeah. But I, I think I'm going to be your worst client. Like, what was so interesting for me was I had cauliflower every night. It was my favorite vegetable mm. and it's a high FODMAP food. Cut it out for the elimination, obviously. As soon as I ate it again, within 10 seconds, I looked like 27 weeks pregnant, you know? And it's I think it's, crazy. All, it's that mental game of like being like, why am I bloated? Why mm. am I feeling like this? Whereas now I know it's cauliflower. When I go out, like I say, I still love cauliflower, a bit of fried cauliflower is mm. right up my alley. So I will have that, but I know, and I'm aware that I may feel a bit bloated. And that in itself, like that's 
that causes anxiety as well like because you're just in your head you're like what's wrong with me Mm. what can I do to help myself or like I'm too busy to think about it or actually put aside time to get to the root of it yeah and it's crazy because like the things that do trigger you a lot of the time are just perfectly healthy foods like margo cauliflower lentils apples like who would ever think that that doesn't agree with them Mm -hmm. because we're told to eat as many plants as we can you know but then for people everyone's so unique and everyone Mm. you know has triggers to different foods and then that also causes like unhealthy relationships Mm. you get anxious about going out for dinner so you don't go out for dinner and you don't socialize with Mm. your friends and it's just Mm. a ripple effect Mm. can I ask because I was curious with your chronic fatigue and only because it did come up a lot with COVID stuff did you develop agoraphobia or no were you okay what is that agoraphobia is kind of like fear of going outside fear of being Uh, I just wondered when you were so depleted of energy if well it was it was definitely like that because I thought no one understood Mm. you know it would get to that thing of oh I'm tired too like Mm. and love love mum but mum you know how mums just are meant to you up but they're like you'll be right don't worry about it and I'm like mum piss off you've got no idea (laughs) Well, you of know? course, because she's like, no, you'll be right. Yes, come on, let's get on with it. Um, I wanted a day off primary school and mum's like, no, nope, you're all right. <laughs> You've got to learn as the actor and me, you plant the seed the night before if you want a day yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Energies, guys. Um, tell me what your brains look like. I always ask everyone this because I'm so curious. What, what what does it look like up there? If it was a scene. Oh, okay. You like a nice cozy cottage or is it like a rough seat she's a rough seat up there (laughs) (laughs) no I mine my brain my brain is like we were saying at the very start is such a busy brain and I deal with really bad anxiety Mm -hmm. and every every month I know that I have like this these few days where Mm -hmm. everything just gets blown out of proportion and I feel like I can't control myself I can't get myself out of it Mm. and one really big thing that I've been trying to work on is trying to remove myself from all that busyness yeah and like I've tried meditation I've tried like slower movements like trying to get myself to just slow down and not feel like I have to be on that treadmill all this all the bloody time because I Mm -hmm. feel like I am and Mm. um yeah, that's, that's really helped me. Um, I feel like meditation can be quite good or just actually getting out and going for a walk. Again, I'm an active rester. I need to be doing something. So simply going out for a walk and like nature's great. Um, but yeah, I, my mind's busy and I find it hard to get away from it. And that's definitely led to um, some deep, dark moments, but I've got the tools now and I'm work continuing to work on them to get myself out of there. But I'm a very also creative visual person too. And I think that comes in with that busyness. Like I like to be touching things, doing things. Um, If I'm not doing anything, like sometimes at work when I feel like I all of a sudden don't have anything on, I'm looking for more stuff because I'm like, if I'm not doing anything, then what am I doing in life? Like, what's my purpose? You know? that's, that's the irrational jump I do too. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, And it's even like Margot and I find in just in our work as well, like, you know, we've got a book coming out and literally. Yeah. Simple and fancy, simple fancy. Simple, simple fancy. fancy. And two weeks, like two weeks leading up, 
like we both sat down and we were like are you excited and I was like no not really and like we were both <laughs> we were both real down so about, it, about it and we were just like I don't feel any emotions around it like is this a problem or, or when we when we got our first copy we both cried with like shit <laughs> are we happy with this you know like, like you just have such high expectations of yourself yeah. and and yeah we you know Margot even said to me the other day, she's like, I just feel like I haven't achieved anything this year. <laughs> and like, this is where, again, like we just get in our head all the time around, we're on the go and we forget that we've written a whole book that's been published and it's about to launch and that we've done really well with our app and we've released a FODMAP course and we've traveled around New Zealand two times doing workshops and, you know, you just keep going and going and going. Mm. And one thing that we've, we've literally been saying to ourselves just recently is that we need to stop and be in the present more often mm -hmm. because we're so often, I'm sure you're the same, Kim, like you're planning so far in advance, like yeah. you have stuff booked in. Like we're looking at 2023, like March, April, May, June now. Yeah. And it's like, we've got to bring ourselves back to the 30th mm. of September. <laughs> what are we doing today? That segues perfectly yeah. actually onto my brain. Go for it. Perfect. You go. Is, yeah, being present. Yeah. I've been listening to so many podcasts recently around like how toxic phones are and like the superpower of slowing down. Mm. And like, you know, when you see a red Suzuki Swift and then you see it all the time, it's mm. the same thing. Like I catch myself on my phone when I'm stressed out at work, mm. when I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered dealing with that. Or, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I'll just pick up my phone. And then mm. I'm like, stop it. Like take three deep breaths instead. Mm. Or when I get home, I'm like, oh, let's watch something so I can like switch off. And then I'm like, okay, well, that's an hour gone where I could have been talking to my partner. And then we get into mm. bed and we're like, oh, let's watch TikTok. And then that's another hour gone. And then we haven't actually spoken to each other. Mm. You're not mm. in the present moment and phones talking about addictions. It's so funny because if our phone was a bottle of wine, you know, like every time you looked at your phone, that's a swig of wine. Mm. We'd you be know, like, yeah, you, we would be wasted. <laughs> we but would be wasted. They're just normalized, but they're mm. actually a huge addiction. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm just about slowing down, enjoying the moment. Because they're like, if you can't remember what you had for dinner that week, then you're going too fast. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, Kim, yeah. Kim, do you like, do you have moments where, because I feel like I do this as well, where you, like when I have my like few days of just everything feels way too much. On your period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that you make a conscious effort to slow down and that, that will last like two days. Yeah or even one day, and then it just goes out the window? Hell yeah. yeah. I was told this about two years ago, and it's still the best piece of advice I've ever been given, to the point that I should probably tattoo it on myself, but especially when you're dealing with mental illness or two mental illnesses, anxiety, so I'm planning the future, depression, I was a piece of shit, everything I've done was the worst I've ever done, which yeah. is both not true, but... Um, that idea of being present, I only get from acting. It's like, that's the only time I'm hyper-focused between action and cut because it's out of my control. It's happening. And my talent allies with that. So like the best piece of advice I've been given is be where your feet are. And I am rarely where my feet are. So yeah. like, that's a good, like, I like the 
be present is great. The present is a gift, but I like be where your feet are because it kind of grounds me in like, where am I right now? I'm talking to you guys. This has my full attention, but as soon as you go, it's like where and how, and I just feel behind all the time. And that's a big source of my anxiety and why. Yeah. Funny you say that. Um, because we, we we have team meetings um, every week. So our manager, oh. uh, our manager, Dean, actually. Um, Dean Buchanan. Yeah. Manager three, yeah. Um, anyway, we have a meeting every week. And like, you know, we'd all, Margot and I were really bad at it. You know, we'd, <laughs> we'd be in the meeting, but then we'd be doing other things at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah, you're like out of frame. <laughs> you're like still texting. Like, yeah, I'll be there in a little. And you're like, mm, listening for and, Yeah. And Dean's like, Rosa, Margot, like, put your phones away, put your bloody diaries away. You're in this meeting, like, be, be here right now. Like, you know, this is what we're doing now. You can deal with that afterwards. And be where your feet are. Yeah. Go. <laughs> and it's so true. Like, we were trying to do all these different things when we were, we had this meeting scheduled in to be present in and be right there and then. Mm. And, yeah, it was, it was interesting. So now we are making a conscious effort to put everything away, be in this meeting while the meeting's on, and then once that's done, then go and do what else you need to do. Yeah. It'll still be there for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just like, I need to do this now. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the book comes out very soon, probably right on par when this podcast comes out. So that works out well. Um, great Chrissy present as well. Great gift for someone if they need a little like passive aggressive nudge in the right direction. And I'm I'm real keen to do this FODMAP thing with yeah, you. Yeah, we'll send you yeah, some stuff. Hold me accountable. Yeah, yeah, no, sounds good. It's just on our website, tyrellsisters.com. Okay, got it. Um, I love you both. Good luck with this. Um, not here's some unsolicited advice, but I do exactly what you're saying. I move on to the next goal, the next goal, the next goal. Like when anything good happens in my life, my immediate reaction is to take a nap because I've just rather than feeling elation, I feel like, oh, thank God. Um, so yeah, enjoy this season of your book coming out. You deserve it. You're not only gonna help me, but so many other people who need their health and they need a helping hand. Um well, I think this is what's such an awesome like your podcast is so great because it shows the reality of people on the outside who seem successful and like they've got their shit together like you Ooh, know sorry, I, did I not project that that's what's going on <laughs> well, I that's, that's the that's all I want people to think no I'm joking no because like you know you <laughs> really look at yeah and you're like she's got her shit together I want to be like her and that's the whole thing on social media you never see the anxiety or the depressed woman mm. two days of the month you mm. know so yeah. well well done for you yeah it's awesome thanks girls oh what Thank a treat you. spending some time with you I love you good luck and um yeah let's keep in touch yeah sounds good thanks Kim see ya Bye. thanks for listening to this week's episode of pretty depressed a massive shout out to our executive producer Kevin Connolly and the amazing production team at Action Park Media now I love validation so please subscribe to this podcast give me five stars write some nice comments is what i live for i need it to get through my day uh, you can also check us out at pretty depressed underscore on instagram or send any feedback to pretty depressed podcast at gmail.com cheers <laughs>